and welcome to the Capacity Creator Podcast. I'm Melanie Sadka. In each episode, you'll hear about the many successes, struggles, and advice on how to respect your capacity. You can subscribe at Melanie Sadka, like vodka with an S.com, or come see me on Instagram. Or you can visit my Facebook page called Capacity Creator. All right, capacity creators, I'm going to be talking a little bit about a system that I created called Ego Cake. So if you've listened to the audio chapter, you've heard the story behind how this structure came to be and what the motivation and the passion behind it was all about. And again, it comes from a place of being burnt out. It comes from a place of being overcommitted and a deep-rooted curiosity and passion, for that matter, to get myself out of that area, get myself out of that place that was harming my energy, harming relationships, and really try to respect my capacity. So Ego Cake is made up of five layers. And for all the bakers out there, you know you have to start with the bottom layer if you're making a multi-layer cake. So If you visualize a five-layer cake, we're going to start with the bottom. And the bottom layer is all about options. And options in abundance leads to stagnation, right? You know that when we have too many options, we are immobilized. We cannot make a decision. And too many decisions leads to distraction, and we're just unable to decide, And Barry Schwartz talks about this so elegantly in his TED Talk. He believes that in order to maximize welfare, we need to have a maximum amount of options or we need to maximize our our choices, which would, in the end, maximize freedom and give us that happiness that we're all after, that we can't even define in terms of what does happiness look like for each of us. So... It's interesting because he goes on to say, here's how the decision-making process goes. So obviously his aim is to tell us that more choice equals less satisfaction, right? So when we have a choice to make from too many options, we ultimately make a decision and we pick something. But as soon as we make that decision, there's this regret or there's an anticipated regret that starts to seep in because of opportunity costs, right? We had so many options. I mean, you go to the grocery store and there are too many options of one thing that you're looking for. Take a look at like basic things like cereal and salad dressings and toothpaste. I mean, we don't need 98 options of salad dressing. It doesn't doesn't help us. This is where we end up stagnating or just getting into that regret automatically. So when those opportunity costs are there, when there's way too many options, we self-blame at the end, right? We end up regretting the decision we made because we should have picked another one. And folks, this is about FOMO, the fear of missing out. This is what has really taken over our mental decision-making capacity. We are making decisions based on the fear of missing out. You should have picked this one. What if you would have picked this one? Life could have been better. The salad could have been out of this world, right? So this is definitely something that is occurring. So in this layer of the cake, I really work with people to understand why are you making these decisions? 
what is it going to give you? So just try to be a little bit more discerning. And I know that salad dressing and toothpaste are trivial, but they are the best examples to help you. Like when you're in a supermarket, your capacity is being eroded and it shouldn't be. So moving on to the second layer, I talk about distraction and distraction is the killer of the present time. I mean, in other podcasts, I have talked about stats on how we're distracted and what it's doing to us and how our human capacity is our biggest competitive advantage, yet we are wasting it. There's so many of us that wish for more time. I wish I had more time to do that. I wish I had more time to go to the gym. In my workshops, in the work that I do, I help people understand that they actually have the time to do stuff. They had, what we do is we take an inventory of some of their most distracting habits and we actually total the hours spent on social media, or non-digital distracting issues. And what's interesting about that is that we move from that to see where we can repurpose that time. And 99.9% of the time, people are blown away because we really get to the root of where we're spending our time. And another person that I follow that I love that has to do with this is Mel Robbins. And she is all about the five-second rule and how motivation is garbage. And I love this because she talks about how we wait for motivation to do something. And she's like, it's garbage. Our primal brain actually stops us from doing things that are difficult or things that we are waiting for motivation for. Because things that are difficult, our brain is trying to protect us from doing those things. It doesn't want us to go and and do something that could harm us or that could be difficult, right? So she demystifies this whole motivation jargon, which I absolutely love. You should check her out on TED Talks uh, or even go to her website. She's absolutely fabulous. So I'm always floored by the research that I come across and some of the stats that are shared, you know, in podcasts or courses or conferences. And the social media ones always get me the most. And I've shared with you in some other of the podcasts different statistics on how we use our phone or how much we're distracted But I'm going to share with you a couple more that I find completely mind-boggling. So there's a large portion of the population who actually check their phone in the middle of the night. That's 33% of us. 33% of us wake up in the middle of the night. So we are disrupting our sleep to check our phones for various reasons. It was unbelievable to me because no wonder some of us walk around like zombies. But that's because the phone is flashing or we have anxiety about what emails are coming in or which ones we didn't get to during the day. The reasons are endless, but a third of us are waking up to check that handheld device. It's just not healthy. There was also a study that tracked the amount of taps or swipes or just finger touches on a device. And that number blew me away. On average... Human beings touch their phones 5,427 times in a day, in a day, right? That's all, including all the swipes. That's including all the texts. That's including all of the searches and scrolling and everything else. Like it is crazy the amount of times that we are actually playing around with our devices, right? We are looking at our emails 30 times every hour. We're looking for new email. So if you're at a desk job, this would apply more to you is that every hour you're looking for new emails 30 times. 
We're all aware of how social media is trying to win the race. All of these apps are successful based on the people who are sharing, commenting, posting, liking. So it's a race to the top in terms of how many people are using their apps the most frequently. And I just heard recently about Snapchat and I had no idea this was going on. So I don't know if any of you use Snapchat or anybody knows anybody who uses Snapchat, but they have gamified this app to the point where I would say the millennials and younger generations are addicted. So it's it's become addictive to these people. So what they're doing is they uh, Snapchat is actually rewarding these individuals for the most consecutive Snapchat posts. So if kids, for example, are having to be away from their phone for a couple of days or for a week, whether they're going to camp or they're going to grandma and grandpa's, they literally leave their phone with their friends with the password and say, hey, can you continuously post every single day so I don't lose my streak? This is becoming a problem. This was eye-opening to me. I had no idea that this was going on. So we are now taking advantage of children's capacity. That's a problem for me. That's an area that this keeps me fueled doing what I'm doing. So it just brings awareness to how multiple generations are spending their time and how that's impacting connection, how that's impacting relationships. And this is, again, why I do what I do. I I want to optimize that. I want to have an impact in this area. So I'm going to wrap up this segment. And in the next segment, we are going to be talking about the other layers of ego cake. And we're going to be talking about what to do. And resignation will be part of that. Thanks again for listening. And I trust that you're respecting your capacity today. Capacity Creator is produced by me, Melanie Sadka, and recorded by the amazing team at Hive Studios in Hamilton, Ontario. For more information on Capacity Creator, please visit capacitycreator.com or check out the Facebook page. 